0: Get ready, get ready, strap yourself in, keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times, because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi folks, Chris Voss here from the Show.com.com. We'll welcome to the big show, my family and friends. We certainly appreciate you guys being here for 15 years, we've been bringing you the Chris Voss Show. And, boy, my legs are tired. I've been carrying it this whole time. But uh, there you go. Uh, As always, uh, refer the show to your family, friends, and relatives. It's almost holiday season. And the beautiful thing about the Chris Voss Show is when you listen to the three to four episodes we put up every weekday, the 15 to 20 episodes every week. Remember, there's a test on Saturdays. Uh, You get the Chris Voss glow. It's an aura that comes about you. And people just see you and go, my God. You're a master of knowledge. You're a master of information. You've learned so much. We worship you. Um, I don't know. Maybe people don't do that to you, but they do it to me. Eh. Um, anyway, guys, uh, refer the show to your family, friends, and relatives because you're going to have to spend the holidays with them. So you want them to be smarter. See the cell here? Uh, so that's what we use to lay in the guilt and shame for the plugs. Go to goodreads.com, fortress Chris Foss, LinkedIn.com, fortress Chris Foss, YouTube.com, fortress Chris Foss, and Chris Foss, one on the tickety Talkety over there. Uh, today we have an amazing young lady on the show joining us. She's going to be talking to us about all the wonderful stuff that she does. Mandy hoskinson is on the show with us today she's an agency founder and uh she uh for a marketing agency uh, she's a community leader and a very creative person we're gonna be talking to her about everything that goes into it and you're gonna learn all sorts of good stuff or else i don't know what that means what am i gonna do or else you're going to learn stuff and you're going to get the Chris Foss Show glow. Mandy is a marketing agency founder, community leader, and creative person. Her award-winning agency, Zole Studio, works with clients spanning B2B, B2C, SaaS or SAS as they like to call it, the kids like to call it that. Uh government and creative industries. Uh this social media impact focused agency also gives away 20% of its work away pro bono. Uh, Mandy is also the president of Social Media Club of Los Angeles and vice president of the Social Media Club Global. You can find her at most places as at Media Mandy. Welcome to the show, Mandy. How are you?
1: Thank you. I'm having a great day.
0: Thank you. I feel like I should call you Media Mandy throughout the show. I don't
1: know. I <laughs> never know if I should just like just lean into it and no longer go by my name.
0: Yeah. I think you should tell your parents they have to start referring to you as media, <laughs> Mandy, and all gifts need to be addressed as such.
1: Just change my birth certificate. Get it rolling. Yeah, just
0: change your birth. Just own it, baby. Just own it. So give us a .coms. Where do you want people to find you on the interwebs?
1: Yeah, it's my first and last name, Mandy Hoskinson.com. And then my company is Zolay Studio, Z-O-L-A-Y studio.com.
0: There you go. So give us a 30,000 overview of what you guys do in your words.
1: Yeah, so I uh, started an agency. I came from UCLA, I helped create UCLA social media, uh, created the social media for the LA bid for the Olympics, Fox, Apple, CBS, and really got my feet wet. Um, social media was still getting its its start. My job was not called social media manager when I got started. Really loved it. Always wanted to make a bigger impact. So I started an agency five years ago. I realized, I just found out today that we passed a million dollars in revenue, which is pretty cool. Wow, awesome. Um awesome realize that, that that milestone is passed. And so we are at a bigger place. We've um, had clients for a while and they really do span a lot of industries because of my own mixed background. And at the same time, we try to take care of people and take care of our community by sharing those skills pro bono.
0: There you go. That's awesome. And what, yeah. what motivates you to do the pro bono work? I mean, that's pretty large of you to do that.
1: It's big. It's big. And social entrepreneurship can be challenging, but I think nonprofits are inefficient, a lot of them. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, So there's a whole movement called social entrepreneurship where a cause is funded by a business. And so Mm -hmm. social media and marketing is one of the biggest expenses for nonprofits and Mm -hmm. BIPOC founders. So what if they had agency level support um, for free or nearly free? Mm uh, at an agency that takes from their existing large companies clients. So that's Mm -hmm. the vision. Um, it's inspired by another agency in LA called very nice that gives away 50% of their work for free. Also UCLA alum. Yeah. Incredible. And they work with like NASA and Disney and those clients Mm -hmm. love working with them because they create great work and they create great work for the community too.
0: Yeah. That is awesome. That is awesome so uh you we do a lot of work for your clients uh there's lots of stuff that goes into it how do you navigate the ever-changing landscape of social media the trends the strategies the success stories we were talking before the show about how uh you know social media club we knew of them uh back in 2008 2009 2009 we started the show um and uh uh things have changed a lot you know it used to be like twitter was the thing and now I don't really know what the thing I will TikTok is the thing now. So um and Good. how how is what's it like trying to help navigate that for yourself and for your agency and for your clients?
1: Yeah, yeah. Don't miss out on threads. Don't sleep on threads. It's a lot of fun over there. Um I'm having a great time. Uh so You know, Social Media Club uh, was much earlier in my career and I emailed them. So social, I'll step back. Social Media Club's a networking and learning uh, nonprofit. It's international and the LA chapter is pretty big. You knew about it, which is really cool. I love hearing when people know about it and they know that we're legit. Like we're not just a cute little organization where we've been around for a long time. We've got some amazing people affiliated and I wanted to go to one of their panels and I couldn't afford it. So I emailed them and said, Hey, can I like move chairs or something? And they were like, yeah, whatever. Sure. And I was on the, you know, like, they're like, yeah, like, it's okay. Like it's fine. You know, Um, because they've always been super reasonable and down to earth and Um, you know, two months later, I was on the board of directors and now I'm the president and I'm part of the global org, but the, one of the best ways to go to events is to have to run them. And mm-hmm. so, being on the board of directors of a learning organization, you're always planning learning. You're always talking to people about what's trending, and then you have to attend because you're running mm-hmm. it. And so, ten years of being a part of a professionals' organization has kept me up to date uh, and just doing it. I know you do it, like being being on these platforms uh, as well as trying to read up on everything that's going on. Really helps.
0: Just do it. Uh, just you know do what? Just do it. One of one of our big visions was being everywhere. I mean, we recognized that being everywhere was so important. And uh it's kinda of funny. I had I had so many people that used to say, Oh, you're on LinkedIn, there's no reason and LinkedIn's boring, there's nothing going on over there. And I'm like, No, I'm future-proofing. I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on like everything, you know, and back in the day I used to be first on everything as soon as I could get on it. Uh and still am. Uh or I try to be. I think I was a little late on TikTok um i i just didn't get it either i was just like this is really and it's evolved quite a bit too it used to be just like mm-hmm. kids dancing and singing and now it's turned into a, a giant competitor for amazon um the sales that are going yeah. there are crazy and the people are just making i, I saw a guy on tiktok mm-hmm. uh the other day he had to turn away like thousands of sales because it overwhelmed his you know he's just a little he's a, a guy with a couple employees and he started selling his product live on TikTok. He had to turn uh, away thousands of orders and cancel them because he just couldn't fulfill it. He's like, I'm sorry. We just, we just cannot fulfill uh, what you, what you guys did with our offer. And I'm sorry, but you know, we're just a yeah. one guy and he does, you know, videos. Yeah. He's like, it's just me here, man. Um, yeah. To see the power of it was extraordinary. And, mm-hmm. um, and there's some customer loyalty going on. I've bought some knickknacks off of there as well. And they're kind of cool. And they're, they're fairly expensive. Some people are using 3D printing and doing interesting stuff. So, mm. uh, you know, why is this important for clients to be able to keep up on all the latest things? And, and what do you recommend for people on, on staying up on all this stuff?
1: I love that you brought... It up. and i I love that you said future proofing. I think that's a really great argument. So simplified. It's perfect. I've been really reflecting on this because, um, you know, being located elsewhere, if you're in-house, then mm. you're full time. Your job is to take care of all parts of a brand. So I ran criminal Minds, the television shows, social media. Oh, no. So I needed to be everywhere. Yeah, like, I always say like your, your favorite TV show, your mom's favorite TV show, NCIS, Criminal Minds, (laughs) Wi-Fi, Blue Bloods, Magnum PI. Really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. And um, you have to know everything. I was on Reddit checking conversations. I was sneaking in Facebook groups, checking what people were saying. I was Mm -hmm. in all the like conspiracy groups, like knowing what they thought was going to happen. And I would tease it like, because I knew that I could talk to the fans so much better. Um, but did you have to veil it?
0: Sorry to interrupt you. Did you have to veil it? Like, like you would, did you have to veil that you were on the staff? Uh, and you'd be like, Hey, I, I heard a rumor or something. Uh, there's a rumor I heard.
1: I so I live tweeted East Coast West Coast time and like there was you know and we at the time live streaming was really big as about well, six years ago, and mm-hmm. so we did a we I was my responsibility to live stream three hundred minutes a month, which sounds easy, but when you work with actors who are used to having lines and being able to plan being on camera live streaming is a whole other ball game. Um, but, you know, what I would do is I would wink at it. And so you, you watch the episode in advance, you pre- pre-plan your content in advance. And then I might say, like, didn't expect that one, did you? And like have a little wink from oh. one of the actors. You know what I mean? So there was like uh-huh. a little, there's t- the tiniest of nods, but they, if they knew, they knew. And it was uh-huh. really fun to make the fans feel super seen.
0: Uh huh. And so you were doing that, and then you decided mm-hmm. to start your own agency, or were you doing that along with your own agency?
1: Uh, you know, when you work in a, a futuristic plot like um, space, just like AI mm-hmm. right now, everybody's mm-hmm. always asking you questions. Like, there's always work, be it like side consulting or mm-hmm. actual jobs. Of course, when I was in house at CBS, I had no time, but. There was always people reaching out, um, asking for consulting. And so I, I had a really big opportunity um, and television went through a lot of uh, big movements about five years ago in terms of equity and experiences of employees. And so um, just everything sort of lined up and it I took the plunge a little earlier than I expected to, but I have a great network and yeah. um, you know it was scary, but it was really worth it.
0: So what's it like moving from in-house to owning an agency? Was it your first foray into being an entrepreneur?
1: Uh, It's so funny how you start looking back on the patterns of your life and see like, oh, I was kind of leading up towards this, but I didn't realize Mm it. So, you know, answering your earlier question and thinking about should you be everywhere – I, there's it's hard to price this work. And so I usually start people on three platforms with a certain number of posts per month because yeah. that's what clients can wrap their heads around. And yeah. we always try to tell them, if you're good at three places, like... That's good enough. And you can grow, but we work with like midsize, some larger brands, you know, if you're really good in these places, then we can grow, but let's get you good here and then expand your strategy where else it makes sense. Um, but to your point, future-proofing, that was something that you could do more casually if you're not in a contractor, like if you have more expansive hours. Yeah. Uh, so in entrepreneurship, you know, I sold jean purses in fourth grade um, with my best friend, and I sewed quinceanera dresses in high school. And wow. so, yeah, it was one of the, you know, you don't think about it as entrepreneurship. I just thought about it as like doing something and making money, but you look yeah, back and you're like, to make no. a buck, damn it. yeah, I was, it was practice. It was practice.
0: You know, it's funny how we do, and this is why we love people to come on and tell their stories and their adventures of life is because it's a real owner's manual life. We like to call on the Chris Voss show. And, um, did I just do that in the third person? Uh, <laughs> yeah. as, it's one of my, I have multiple personalities, so, you know, that's how we do okay. it. Uh, but uh, he's crazy. Um, <laughs> but h- what voice was that? I don't know. That's a new one. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we future-proof through LinkedIn. Uh, and I remember I used to get so mm-hmm. much shit from it. And we made a lot of money off LinkedIn. I built 130,000 group over there. Uh, I built a huge amount of, I think I hit the max follower following limit on LinkedIn, like, I don't know, 2005 or something. Um, and a lot of people are like, Oh, it's just stupid. And I'm like, no, I think it's going to be a good place. And, you know, after Google plus fell off, uh, a lot of different things have kind of fallen apart. Um, things have kind of not turned out as great as maybe one would have hoped, and you know, there is you know we've seen the AOLing and the MySpacing of like Facebook and Twitter, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, new advancements a different thing, and you know, the the new shiny thing, you know, the Facebook killers. This is going to be the Facebook killer. Yeah, <laughs> good luck finding mm-hmm. those on the internet anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. And so we invested heavily in all the platforms, but also LinkedIn, and now LinkedIn is a powerhouse. Mm-hmm. I mean, our LinkedIn newsletter is crazy. It grows insanely, almost daily. Like I'm going on, well, it's like, who the hell subscribed to this thing? There's this many people on LinkedIn that are active. Uh, we still have our big group over there. Uh, it's it's actually become a really great source of stuff. And when it comes down to money, the amount of money that's on it, like CEOs, people mm-hmm. in upper echelons and stuff, it's where all mm-hmm. the money is. It's the money. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's tough to get people to drop serious buck on uh, YouTube because it's all 10 to 15 year olds, but on LinkedIn. And so now I've seen all these people who used to uh, throw shit at me going, eh, I'm so silly to be over there on LinkedIn. They try to get mm-hmm. on LinkedIn now and they can't make any traction. I've seen them trying to set up podcasts mm-hmm. and do lives and do all sorts of stuff. And it's like, yeah, that's not going anywhere. And I'm like, yep, should have listened to me. But the future-proofing and and trying to be Mm. everywhere is hard. It's expensive. But it it definitely can pay off in the long term.
1: Yeah. Do you... uh, How are groups now on LinkedIn? Uh,
0: They're better. Uh, They're still not back to where they were. So... I don't know if you know this, but the, or I may have a different opinion than yours. Well, basically, what happened is groups were killing it. You would you would do a one week recommend that would go out to everyone's email, and uh, it was just awesome. And then when Microsoft bought LinkedIn, they really trashed it and 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 kind of neglected it for a while. And uh, they paused groups because I guess there was some sort of thing where they built groups on a secondary sort of system. Mm. And it still is kind of on a secondary system if you look at how you access it. And uh, in doing that, they needed to revamp it. And uh, so they literally mm. put it on like a one-to-two-year sort of redo. Mm. And in doing so, they took away our ability to to uh, moderate it. And so literally, I couldn't moderate my group anymore, and it just began filling with spam, you know, all these spammy guys from Mm -hmm. different countries that put all this trash into the thing and it really hurt the it really hurt the base um but you know it's just something we keep promoting and growing and and just keep you have to just keep building it but finally they turned the moderation back on for us so we could block all that crap Mm -hmm. and uh the damage was done and i don't think groups have ever really made it back since we keep ours pretty active i know a few good groups but Um, they just have to, you just have to work at it man. it, it just constantly do, but actually the newsletters are taken over. So the newsletters go out to people's direct emails. It's basically like having Mm -hmm. your own email list on LinkedIn and people like it, but you have to be consistent. You have to put up content daily. You have to do the work and, and, uh, and it pays off. So yeah. Yeah. But I mean, TikTok is the same way. I'm sure Pinterest uh, is still, from what I understand, a great search engine thing. Most people don't understand. Yeah. Pinterest is a search engine thing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what a difference it makes! Um, so, you build your own company. Was it was it hard? Was it easy? Because you had maybe had some clients you brought over. What was it like going through setting up a company? You know, a lot of people want to know what it's like that entrepreneurism journey.
1: Yeah, of course, it wasn't easy. Um, I don't come from a highly privileged background. And so, you know, I didn't have uh, really parents at all. And I certainly wasn't surrounded by people who had done something like that. I just spoke to, um, speaking of like Finance. Uh, My company does social media for venture capital companies, venture capital Mm -hmm. firms, venture capital backed companies, and then a nonprofit that helps women become venture capitalists. Mm -hmm. And uh, for many reasons, I was just talking to some funders. Uh, Thinking about that journey and how I was so not plugged in and I didn't know where to start. If anyone's out there, start with the freaking Small Business Administration. It is so underrated. It is so underrated. Um, And go get a SCORE mentor. There's a a nationally funded mentorship program. I now get to meet with a woman who did HR for 30 years. I get to meet with her whenever Uh I want. I get to meet with a man who was a CFO for 30 years. Um, You know, he became a CFO. I think he was CFO for 15 years, Uh, Mm -hmm. whatever I want, because he wants to, because he wants to talk to small businesses. And those were the people that I didn't know how to find. And so, you know, now I have a fractional CFO. I don't know if you've gone through this kind of experience too, but I'm a fractional CFO and I have an assistant and I'm a little better at finding help, but mm. it has been a lot of stumbling, uh, along the way. And I'm still cleaning up the mess of trying to get started without fully knowing what to do.
0: Well, that's good though. You found your way mm-hmm. down the pathway. You hit your million dollar mark. That's awesome. You know, most yeah. businesses never get there. In fact, I think probably ninety-nine percent of businesses don't get there, or something like that. They fail in their first two years. Uh, so, congratulations! Um, but it sounds like you're—you know—you you're agile. You're always learning. I see a whole pile of books behind you on the on our uh, interview <laughs> yeah. video. For those who are listening, um, what are some? Are there some books or some things that you look to on maybe leadership or running a business or what sort of what sort of books or mentors do you kind of seek out?
1: Hmm. So the LA library and most libraries have a free audible. It's called Libby. I just passed 570 books on there. Yeah. I'm obsessed. I found out one of my friends sort of speed reads audiobooks, And I, you know, I had to get over my judgment. So stepping back to entrepreneur or to mentors, I helped, I worked on the LA bid for the Olympics, LA now LA 28, but it was LA 24 when I was working with them. Uh, and met a really cool person and uh, became friends with her. And I've thought a lot, and she and I talk a lot about making content about mentorship and being a mentee. She, uh, she was an Olympian and her partner is a gold, silver, and bronze medalist. And they've been just absolutely incredible people to know. And she was drawn to me and I was drawn to her. And so it was it was mutual and sort of feeding any sort of experience where someone more advanced is interested in your career and keeping them updated and starting that sort of dating experience. Um, you know, I, I'll see people walk up to someone at a networking event and be like, "Will you mentor me. And it's such an awkward exchange. And even in my, even in my experience, like helping run this, this nonprofit that helps connect people. It's so much more personal than that. Like it's not, it's not this like, one-time transactional thing. She didn't start officially mentoring me until like three, four years after we met. Yeah. Uh, and now we have a pretty, we've created a great system. Mm-hmm. Um, I For anyone out there, uh, bring one question. Uh, so with all my mentees, you bring one question and that's usually the thing It's the heart of what you're trying to solve and it leads Uh to a lot of other questions, but it forced me to focus instead of to ramble. And that just Mm. brought us to the next level. I like that Uh, idea. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I get hit up to mentor for stuff all day long on LinkedIn. Like, it's insane, the message that I get, um, and sometimes on Facebook, and they do this. They do, like we said, they don't build a relationship first, and mm-hmm. I think, you know, where you're very smart is in building relationships with people, and, you know, people are, are more willing to work with you um, and help you, especially if they're kind of vested in you personally. Like, like, I really like this person. They're really trying hard. I can see that they're just not somebody who's trying to, I don't know, swipe some some quick bucks off me i sometimes get that mm-hmm. too where people uh you know will write me and say what you, what's your business model and i'm like it's proprietary buddy i'm not telling you how we do business <laughs> like figure it out on your own but i mean you just come out and bold face ask me i have no i have no vested interest in helping you um i could barely help yeah. myself at this point so i can't feel yeah. my legs.
1: And you've produced a lot of content. Like you already gave a hint at your media model in this interview. And I'm sure if somebody listened to you, they could learn your philosophy and learn your approach. I think even that much of doing your homework about someone and saying, Mm -hmm. you know, this, do you you ever watch the Hot Wings interviews? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he is like one of the best interviewers and every single one of his interviewees, almost 100% will say, how did you find out about that? They'll say that phrase because he researches so hard. And I really admire that. And if somebody came up to me and said, you know, hey, you talked about this challenge on an interview, or like in an article you wrote, and I'd like, you know, I'm having that experience too. Can you give me a single tip, right? Like making it really bite size, and worth their while and flatter them with something like it's mm-hmm. it should be mutual. And um, Yeah. And so she's been a really great, I mean, just like an utterly life-changing mentor. And then I am trying to get a free MBA. I just, this year I did like just classic MBA books. And I also did all the classics like Odyssey. I just finished like all of Henry David Thoreau and her, his bio Shakespeare, like getting down and dirty with the original media references that everyone else ends up building off of and it, it seems silly but having that like really deep understanding has been really enlightening and really helpful this year
0: that is awesome i mean it sounds like you're on the right track i mean i remember early on i think what was it did you say it was the score things at the better business bureau the, uh
1: yeah yeah business it's through sba mm-hmm. sba
0: mm-hmm. i remember mm-hmm. i think i remember going to those when we first started our companies you would go to like breakfasts with people and exchange mm-hmm. referrals was that mm-hmm. it
1: yeah, Remember they do right in person now? too. Yeah, and now they're yeah. virtual, so you can you can line up oh, with virtual, anyone so nationally.
0: Call. yeah. Nationally it was always now. hard for me to get up in the morning, and you go down and they'd have coffee, and everyone would come that were new entrepreneurs, and you try and share leads, and and uh, pass out cards, and try and get business going, and and so you're on the right track. You're building relationships. Uh, you know, it, it's really about the relationship building when it really comes down to it. Uh, and so how do you balance that with your mental health and work and, and taking uh, all this in with a high-pressure agency? And, you know, it's 24-7. And then when, you know, social media faux pas happen, you can sometimes, you know, come right in the middle of the night and everything's melting down. The client's calling you going, hey, uh, someone posted the wrong thing on our social media and we're going viral. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love that you brought up mental health. Um, my father was a vet who lost his life to his battle with depression. Oh, and wow. it, that like created a lot of importance and focus in my life around that. I think anyone mm-hmm. who has that experience starts to really examine their life. And I noticed that in the pandemic, a lot of people had those kinds of experiences too, that that brush with mortality or with loneliness. and. I, one of the reasons I started my company, you and I were talking about LA and how it can be a little toxic, it can be a little draining. Um, I wanted a place where people were just kind and calm, and so that's actually I've had to be very intentional with who I work with. Uh, yeah. you know, entertainment, and I always call it cool job syndrome because if you have a cool job then everyone, they treat you as disposable because you are. And uh. so if you're disposable, you're easily abused. And like, just think about fashion and entertainment. Like this is not a not known thing. Mm. Uh, and so, you know, I started finding that these quote unquote boring industries and got great advice that boring industries are great. Health tech, uh, finance, SaaS, um and started pursuing that. I went to UCLA, I presented research there, I presented research as a kid. I love, I love the internet and I like tech, and that's how I got here. And so there's actually a whole undertapped business to business. Nerd corner of the internet where you can write about finance and venture capital and technology and nonprofit work and KPIs as a corner of social media. And those people pay their bills <laughs> and they work nine to fives and then they go home. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I found that if I wanted to have a team that was taken care of, which is something we pride ourselves on and something we won awards regarding, I needed to have clients who paid their bills on time trusted us and also understood that turnaround times can't be immediate. Like you need to give us time to t- to to digest and to create because if all you're doing is reacting to news when you don't even strategically need to, you're gonna have worse content and everybody's worse off everybody's more stressed out. And so uh, it's built into our contract, our turnaround times. Our team gets two weeks off at, at the holidays because who's doing something the week before Christmas? No one, no one's doing anything. We mm-hmm. plan all of the content in advance. We have a skeleton crew available. Um, so I've had to create a lot of boundaries around that because it's one of my life's top priorities. Unfortunately, social media is one of the most stressful industries. It's a tabloid and yeah. agencies are built to take advantage of people just by inherently by the business model. Model. it eats people's time because there's no rest seasons and there's always work to do somewhere else so they know that i talk about it um i'm trying to fight these two demons and somehow create a place where creative kind people thrive
0: there you go a creative kind people it is it is hard to do business in la there's there's so many faux people there's so many, you know. I mean, this is a town where, where people own a Ferrari that's broken down somewhere, and they, you know, or they rent a Ferrari and rent a suit for a day and show up to meetings and pretend like they're the rock stars. <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah, it's all a rental. Um, these are the, this is the place where you can go to to get a picture of your, for your social media of a stage set that shows a cutaway of a single, uh, of, a,
1: uh, jets, of a private plane. Yeah.
0: You know, mm-hmm. I think it's like 69 bucks or a hundred bucks or something. You can you go there and they, they fill you with champagne and you can pretend like you're, you're living the life. And, and so there's a lot of faux, uh, fakeness in LA and stuff. I remember, um, I remember going to the parties there and it was just, people would be talking about all the sets they were on and who they were mm-hmm. working with and in mm-hmm. different things. And you're like, you're an extra, like, yeah. you, weren't, you, you weren't on the set with Robert, De Niro. you were in the extra table.
1: <laughs> mhm. It's it's funny you bring up and I think a lot of people don't know about this like this whole business of making people seem like influencers business. Yeah. We all knew about MTV cribs and the fact that they rented cars, right? And it's yeah. it's kind of the same version. I um a friend of a friend went on a retreat to like turn him into an influencer. And so it was a series of 30 shoots like getting into a helicopter, getting out of a helicopter. I think it was in Tulum, of course, like somewhere like that. And it was all, it was just dozens of those shoots. And then you just saw him um push out this content uh for like years and it worked, you know? Wow. And you and I were talking about that, about how like, if it works, it works, like more power to you and, but this like all these sub businesses of social media and, and of people's desire for that, I think like, The way that it worked was for him like socially uh Mm. but you know if that's if that's your jam uh more power to you it's effective and also like rock on the person who invented that business because Mm. most people it doesn't work and they're the ones raking in the cash
0: the challenge i have with it is when they're usually spouting bullshit about being authentic Yes. And, uh, the, one of the things that would go on with LA is I would be at the parties or I would be hanging out with you, you know, some there in LA, you go to a lot of the after party, you go have like, uh, uh, you know, after dinners late at night, after the clubs or whatever, with the, the bistros or whatever, uh, you know, there's all those great hamburger places that are open late. I forget them. Uh, but you know, you'd, you so you'd hang out with people and you'd actually learn what they're going and you're like, oh, you don't own a studio. You live at home with your parents and in a bedroom, you don't even own a car. Uh, yeah. but you have this online persona that, you know, and I feel deceived. I'm like, I, you presented that you were a rock star and you're just some guy in your mom's basement, eh? Uh, mm-hmm. and you know, you don't own a car, you're not making any money real, but everybody online thinks that you're the, you know, you have some giant studio and you're rocking it. Mm-hmm. So with your agency, you help people, uh, with social media packages that you have set up, you help with strategy mm-hmm. and playbook engagement that's a really important part copywriting uh support for the social media analytics those are important to have data to find out what's working what's not and graphic design so sounds like you're a full service agency right
1: yeah return key just hand us the login and we do the rest
0: really there you go Mm -hmm. there you go yeah and talk to about why engagement's important if you would please because i mean without engagement you're just spitting out content in the ether and it's not going anywhere
1: yeah Uh, you've probably heard of semantic creep where a word just starts to lose meaning because it stretches and stretches and stretches. I think the word trauma, for example, has gone through this where, right? Like everything's traumatic now. Um, So engagement has a lot of semantic creep. I think it's it's really creeping into other parts of marketing. And so it's funny you bring it up because I'm going to retitle it um, if you're looking at our materials because Mm -hmm. part of it is customer service. So... Mm -hmm. um, you know, like CBS, I think is a good example, back to a TV show, people can understand that. They wanna know what time the show's coming on. So like you answer them. Um, you get annoyed, just like every customer service provider does, just think like, Google it. <laughs> but Google you smile, it, yeah. you tell them what it is, right? Um, and, and then there's another part in this case, like getting the fans up and going, right? So behind the scenes, hype content, that kind of thing. And so you might make a piece of content that is engaging um which people have sort of started to meld what that means and then somebody will respond and then you'll start to have a conversation with them and that was like with these sort of big fan communities it could get really fun um Mm -hmm. some of the shows at cbs even have character twitter accounts so then you'd go sign in as one of the characters and then go interact with these fans and tons of fun or like hit up the actor and find out if they're willing to tweet which like younger shows are totally happy to do shout out shamar Moore, um just like all down to interact so that's a piece of engagement Um, Mm. and then so we call it outbound and inbound so if someone's talking to you if they're coming in right that is inbound engagement, so interacting with those people who are talking at you. But then outbound is the really underrated part. It's joining conversations, and sometimes creating conversations. I was just training someone about this with a um, that women venture capital organization that helps women get venture capital and become venture capitalists. And in a moment, these VCs were chatting on Twitter X whatever and they, we joined the conversation. Both of them were part of our organization and they were chit-chatting about resources. And we, we actually knew the study because that's our job. We are like, hey, like here's the study that you were referencing. You're totally on the money, this is the stat. And that's mm-hmm. the kind of thing where you join. And it feels a little weird. It's kind of like walking up to someone at a party and joining their conversation. But sometimes you become well-loved and they start calling you into future conversations, which is oh. what started happening. So they, anytime, somebody needed a piece of data, they would contact our our account, they DM us or they bring us into the conversation online. And magically we're their go-to person. That's outbound engagement. So Mm -hmm. we strategically, we have databases to support this. Um, We've got analytics to support this because it's way, way important. And you can put out great content, but you need to be social on social media. So like go interact. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I mean, people, people really want to see if you're really there and doing stuff. You know, one sad trend I've seen that I I just really don't understand, but it started with COVID, I think, is people aren't monitoring their face. Companies aren't monitoring their Facebook page anymore. A lot of the times, like, I mean, I'm talking like 80% of the Facebook pages Mm -hmm. that I'll interact with. There's nobody paying attention anymore. Uh, I mean, not not even the bot going on and I'm just like, are you guys insane? And one of the reasons you want to be everywhere or it's important to be everywhere is you never know where your whole database is. Like I've had some people say, well, you know most of our customers on Facebook. No, they're not. No, they're not. If you have customers everywhere and and everyone's got their own little thing, like I'll talk to people like I'm just a LinkedIn person or I'm just a Twitter person or I'm just a Facebook person. And I'm like, oh, you're, you don't really work on these other platforms. No, people don't have time to be on five or six different platforms, but your customers are everywhere. Uh, you know, I recently had, well, this was recent, a couple years ago. I had, um, uh, my, my good friend, uh, uh, I have a headache today, so I'm not quite on my par, but, uh, she, she's the CEO of Hintwater and she was on the show a couple years ago to promote her book, Tara, um, and, uh, or Cara, Cara, Uh, and, uh, she, we were talking after the show and I said, Hey, are you on TikTok yet? And she goes, no, we don't get it, you know. And I don't know, man. And I go, you got to be over on there. There are people talking about your brand over there. They're posting like videos and tagging hashtag Hint Water. And do you understand that there's a conversation going on over there without you?
1: And she's Cara Golden, right?
0: Cara Golden, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And so uh, I said, I said, you need to get over there. And so I, I sent her some searches. And she's like, "Holy crap! People are talking about a brand over there." And I'm like, "Yeah, you need to get over there and have a conversation." And so she went over there, and uh, you know, a year later, she exploded with not only her account and Hintwater's account, and uh, I don't know what it did to their bottom line. But she told me, Chris, that's the best advice you've ever get. I ever got was, I don't know if I ever got, but you know, it's super good advice. She's like, "It was just wonderful that you told, got me over there, Chris, because it's it's really a game changer." So. Uh, you know, that's the important thing about being everywhere is people you don't know where your audience is. And sometimes they're changing or something like TikTok kicks ass and takes names. Well, we could go on forever planning this out, but uh let's do this. Uh let's uh give us get some final word uh from you, pitch out to people on doing business and how they can onboard with your company,
1: et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, our website has information about how we work. Um, We're not for everybody. We tend to work with mid to large size businesses, but Mm -hmm. we do have pro bono available. That form is there if you are a nonprofit or BIPOC founder, just getting started. And Social Media Club International and Social Media Club LA, both have thriving communities. You were talking about LinkedIn groups. Our Facebook group is incredibly thriving still. Oh, there you go, those are good too. Yeah, yeah, Facebook groups are so underrated. And so Mm -hmm. uh, you can always go there, you can always hit me up for resources, but maybe don't ask for a business model or a mentorship (laughs) moment without doing a little bit of research first.
0: Or building a relationship or, or building rapport, for hell's sakes, mm-hmm. people. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, in the old days, you know, they used to teach us in sales, build rapport first before you try and make a sale. And you're selling yourself if you're asking somebody to be your mentor or whatever the case may be. Is it social media LA on Facebook groups?
1: Social media club, Los Angeles. Yeah,
0: there it is, right there. I might not yeah. be in it. In fact, uh, I might. I, in fact, I, I would am. I'd
1: be surprised. I'm still Yeah. In it. <laughs> nice. Oh, there you go.
0: There you go. Nice. Uh, Seven
1: thousand members. Six point five awesome. hovers uh, around there. Mm-hmm.
0: I like what uh, I like what uh, Facebook has been j- just recently done. I don't know if you've seen it, but they they've made it so you can have a private chat messenger thing with your group. I hate it. <laughs> Yeah, it, it it went. Go ahead
1: they auto add you and like i'm in thousands of groups for the sake of research per and so i am in hundreds of chats and somebody said i messaged you on facebook and i was like you gotta understand i I manage like hundreds of brands and i'm in it's just so spammed they can add everyone and they can add anyone they want to a group and it's it's painful i'm sure it works for someone but i for me it's just it's only spam to me
0: I I I one of the issues I've had with it is it's kind of exposed who those who those people are from other countries who always post some weird shit that you're just like, this has nothing to do with the topic at hand or the group at hand. And it's clearly spam or some sort of hacker stuff and whatever they're trying to get people to, you know, it's always weird shit. And and so, yeah, it's actually kind of helped me clean up my groups because I'm like, oh, yeah, block and kick that guy, ban him from the group. So I've been kind of mm. using this as a ban hammer.
1: <laughs> I love it.
0: But I'm trying to figure takes. out ways to make it work. Um, I, there's a few dating groups that I have for locales like Vegas and Salt Lake City uh, that are on there mm-hmm. for my own express interest. And uh, you know, if you can't if you can't make Tinder work for you, just start a dating group. Uh, and then I've got our meetup groups that we have as well uh, for different things. And uh, uh, it seems we're working good for that. You know, every then you get the weirdos mm-hmm. in there that you're like, "Hey, dude, you're you're tubing the conversation with all your weird ass." you know, needy shit going on. But once again, mm. to, you know, your recommendation, build relationships, be cool. And, and, uh, don't be weird, I guess is the message there. Uh, so this has been wonderful to have you on great, uh, rundown memory lane of social media in LA. Uh, okay. I, I love LA. Uh, I grew up in California originally. Um, and then my parents moved out when I, we were I think 12. Uh, but I love LA except for one thing, the traffic, <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's par for uh, the course. Yeah. Par for the course. Part of it. I mean,
0: you gotta pay you gotta pay to play. So there you yeah. go. Uh, so thank you very much. We really appreciate you coming on yeah. the show and spending some time with us today.
1: For sure. Have a good one.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Mandy. Uh, and thanks to our audience for tuning in. Go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Voss, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Voss, YouTube.com, Fortress Chris Voss, Chris Voss1 on the TikTok, and all those great places on the internet. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe. And we'll see you guys next time.